Welcome to another edition of A Burning Desire to Talk with Lou and Mark. I'm Lou. And I'm Mark. And we thank you all for uh, taking some time out of your day to uh, join us. It's a beautiful, what is it, Wednesday? Yeah. Beautiful Wednesday night. We've got the fire going. We're sitting out. It's nice and quiet out. Haven't really heard any planes go by yet, but I'm sure now that I said that, we'll have a, a whole um, uh, airport's worth of uh, planes going by. <laughs> Don't but, jinx us, man. Don't jinx us. But we got the fire going, and we wanted to um, and we wanted to share something with you guys <clears throat> earlier this evening. Well, earlier today, actually. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark and I were uh, speaking on the phone. And um, he said, you know, I, 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 I had something on my mind. I was really thinking about it. Something that, something that was going on here in town. And, um, um, you know, just really made him, <clears throat> you know, start to think. He told me, well, when I came over, we took a quick little ride around town. And he showed me what it was and, and uh, what the, uh, the, uh, the catalyst behind uh, uh, what he was thinking was about. And... And basically what it comes down to is that there's, um, this, there's this gentleman um, who, uh, who apparently is, uh, is homeless um, and has been for, for quite some time. Um, the, the word is he, he may have, uh, or at least at one point in his life, Mark had um, uh, a problem with, uh, with alcohol. And um, as you told me, he's been seen, you know, um, um, resting in various places around town, shall we say. And this particular evening, he happened to be uh, up on, on the main road, um, sitting on some steps to, um, to a business. And we thought to ourselves, well, you know, maybe we should, <clears throat> why don't we go up to him, you know, try to have a conversation with him, basically ask him, you know what? What if anything uh, there is that we could possibly do for him? Um, is it a is it a bottle of water? Is it a, is it a sandwich? You know, get him something to eat. You know, what is it? Or or maybe just lend an ear. Well, um, as um, as it turns out, uh, we're not the only ones that were uh, thinking about this this gentleman and his plight. Um, it turns out that there have been several great uh, people around town that. That were thinking the same way and um, supplied uh, this this man with uh, with clothes, with a, a blanket, because it does it is getting a little chillier at night these days. Uh, food um, and and it, it's not just older people that are trying to take care of this man. It's it's younger people as well. As a matter of fact, on uh, one of the social media avenues. Uh, a girl that Mark would you say she's probably in her late teens maybe early 20s but in looking at her she's probably in her late teens yes definitely late teens I'd say 19 at the oldest yeah uh took a picture with the gentleman and 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 posted that she apparently uh took donations and 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 everything that uh people uh offered um is um is going to this to this gentleman to to at least make his nights a little bit more comfortable and in this picture and if you look he actually has a smile on his face um did he smile because you know it's a picture and everybody you know says cheese when they're taking a picture or was he really truly feeling uh grateful for um for the actions of a few 
Having said that, just a couple nights ago, he was seen, Mark, I think, on the steps of one of the local churches. That's what they say, yeah. Yeah, and uh, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, one of what you know, somebody else from from town approached the gentleman and, and asked him as well, hey, you know, I'm going to the store, what can I get you? And he asked uh, for a soda, but what, what she noticed was that his face was bloody and apparently he made it a point to, uh, to, uh, to say that someone uh, kicked him in the face, right? And when, you, when I hear stuff like that, man, it breaks my heart. It's just, you know, how could anybody be that soulless, that, that cold-hearted to, to, to do shit like that? You know what I mean? The guy's obviously down and out. Uh, he's down on his luck. Uh, he's an older gentleman. Um, and apparently he's not even that much older than we are. You know, mm-hmm. but, but like what, unfortunately, what alcohol tends to do to people makes them look older than what they really are when you abuse it. And that apparently has been the case here. <clears throat> and I started thinking about this while we were, you know, sitting here talking. And, you know, the question that I had was, how low do you have to go? Do you have, like, everybody's got a threshold, right? Um, how low do you have to be where, it doesn't matter if it's 2 a.m. or 2 p.m., you're still, you still feel like you're the loneliest guy on earth, right? You're, so during the day, you're surrounded by the passerbys, you know, whether they're walking or driving in their cars, kids riding their bikes, uh, uh, people, you know, listening to music, laughing, living their lives, right? Their realities, their personal realities, yet his reality is the same no matter what day of time, uh, time of day it is. He, he's alone. He, he, he has what he has in that duffel bag. And he even walks with a cane, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he walks with a cane. And then, of course, however he manages to maybe get um, whatever her, his poison is, that, that's going to get him to a point of, I guess, getting him past a reality where he gets so, um, so drunk, I guess, that he passes out somewhere, right? Um, what, what happens to your faith at that point, do you think? Do you think, do you think people in that position get to a point where they've not only given up on themselves and given up on, on humanity, but they've also given up on God, makes, so to speak? It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if they even have any faith. Yeah, because think about that, right? They're, our reality is our, is our reality, you know? Uh, what time am I taking my kid to hockey practice? What time am I taking my daughter to work or, or picking her up from work or taking her to dance or, you know, who's cooking? What are we ordering? What TV show are we watching? What game's on, right? Same thing for you in, in some respect, right? But his reality is the same thing day in and day out. Wander from here to there as quickly as he possibly can given the fact that he uses a cane carrying everything that he has to carry and now on top of that all the good gestures that people have have been making towards him in terms of supplying him with food and things to drink and so on and so forth and and I guess wasn't it said that he commented to someone that he just wants to die now it sounded like that on one of the uh, posts yeah right on one of the comments there's a there's a thread about the on one of the posts about the guy it also was said that the woman the um, stopped to give him the soda that you mentioned earlier 
I believe she went to a pizza place and got him a couple slices oh. and, brought it, and brought it to him. Mm -hmm. And she, I think she even writes in there that his response to her was, why are you doing this for me? So to your point about what does one thinks, think when they have, or in that predicament, it makes you think, have they lost hope to think about it? Like if you, if you were bringing something, Lou, to somebody and they questioned you and said, why are you bringing this to me? You know, that, I mean, they're questioning why you're doing a good deed for them. Right. Right, and they're probably doing that because their at least most recent experiences aside from the little bit that that people have been um, the little bit of good that people have been have been doing for him, um, it's been quite the opposite. You know, the guy's gotten kicked in the face, and God knows whatever else, and who's been been making fun of him, and who's uh, stealing from him, and uh, you know who's you know the the, the level of abuse that. Um, that this guy must be experiencing um, at the hands of someone else and then in his own mind, um, given the things that we know in terms of, you know, what's happened throughout his life, this guy's dealt, been dealt some pretty shitty cards, you know? Mm -hmm. And what, what happens, I know that, I, I don't know that, first of all, I never want to find out right i never want to be in that position but if i were if i were i can't imagine being that low that i'd given up on everything including my faith now that's not not that's not to say that he has but just just playing devil's advocate and, and just in conversation that you know we're, we're talking right um i can't imagine that 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 would happen to me but i guess you don't know until you know. Right. And you know, um, you're talking about when, when people hit really low lulls, for example, and you're using an example of someone that's homeless right now, and it's gotta be the individual, something. It's gotta be something. I think back to when I shared the story with you in the summertime, and I went on vacation uh, with the family, traveled with the family and went down to Florida. And I came back and I told you, I said, hey, Lou, uh, I think I told you right, right after I came back, I said, listen, we were traveling in the southernmost part. We were down in the Keys. And I said, as we were walking down this main street with all these shops and stores and whatnot, and my family, which was mostly my wife's family, it's a very large family, and it was a giant group of us walking, everybody was spread out over probably a good 30, 40, maybe even 50 feet spread of two and three people walking together. And the kids had gotten a little ahead of us. And as we were crossing one corner to the other, the nieces and nephews and my own two kids were crossing the street and they were a little bit in front of us. So we were at the corner and they were already the corner ahead of us, crossed the street. And so it was about five or six of the cousins. And I told you a story where there was a homeless guy sitting on the corner. Yeah. And he said, I heard, overheard him say out loud, to the kids, hey guys, what are you, brothers and sisters? And my niece turned to him and didn't ignore him, which I was so proud of. I was so happy that she didn't ignore him. She turned around and she said, no, we're not. And the kids laughed. And he goes, well, you sure look like, I mean, you sure look like uh, brothers and sisters. And then we crossed and got closer to him at that point. Now we're getting ready to cross the other side of the street and we're waiting for a couple cars. And he had one more moment to say, like maybe one or two more things. And he said, you guys really look like you could be brothers and sisters. And the kids turned and said, no, we're all cousins. 
And he goes, oh, my bad, my bad. Oh, I was close, something to that extent. And as we turned around across the street, he goes, but it doesn't matter. He goes, because actually we're all brothers and sisters. He's like, in this world, in God's eyes, we're all brothers and sisters, aren't we, Dad? And he made sure he stressed Dad to me because he could tell I was one of the parents. And I turned around and said, yeah, you're right. And I crossed the street. I remember telling that story, too, when I came home. Yeah, so, I remember that. There's a, there was a story, and you and I were talking about that. And I said, there's somebody who's so low, uh, you know, they didn't, low as in, like, material-wise. Like, they didn't have anything. The person was obviously sitting there. But just the clothes that they had on, they might have had one drink next to me. You could tell they were homeless. But um, that person had faith. You know, from from what they yeah. said, you know. Yeah, they seen. Yeah, remember you telling me that story. You told me that uh, that um, it seemed like to him anyway. Uh, while he didn't have much, what he had was enough. Yes, and he had spirit. He was smiling. Yeah, he was yeah. homeless, but he was smiling and he yeah. was laughing. I remember telling you that. I said here was somebody who was still upbeat, who's probably hit the lowest of lows, was in a very very deep lull but still was upbeat where they were laughing and smiling. And do you remember what else I even said to you? I said, here's the ironic part. I said, the people that we passed on the street, I don't want to say they seemed snooty, but the people that were on the streets going in and out of the stores, everybody seemed materialistic. Like people mm-hmm. were going and they were buying this and they were buying that and they were coming out with handfuls of things or they were driving by in nice cars, but not a person would stop to say hello to you. All day long, we were at that one particular area of the state for a good, solid, probably eight, ten-hour day, and no one said hello, hi, what are you doing? But that guy, the homeless yeah, guy, was the only right. one to say anything. Isn't How about that ironic? And and to your point, so so when we went around, and this is what I was saying to you. So we're you know we we we're, we go up and you know we're driving around and we're contemplating whether or not we should stop and. And um, you had mentioned that, um, let's just bring them a, a, a bottle of water. A drink or something. Yeah, yeah a bottle, bottle of water. Of water and um, and go talk to them. And I said, well, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Let's do that. However, I think what we should do first is actually stop and talk to him and find out what he actually wants, right? Um, because as we found out a half hour later, people had been bringing him waters. He probably has a case worth of water now right so what 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 would another water do for him so um i i think that in 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 that particular scenario given the mindset that apparently he's in and uh what he's been experiencing lately and what actually led to his um to his being in the in the position that he's in um you know, over the last many years, over the last several years, um, I think it'd probably be best to go up and have a conversation with the guy first, you know? And and if anything, because maybe all the guy wants to do is talk, you know? And maybe he doesn't want to talk at all, because to your point, he asked a girl, why are you doing this for me, right? Um, <clears throat> he obviously hasn't seen a lot of good over his lifetime, at least not lately, where he actually questioned, why are you doing this for me, you know? Um, I think the best thing that we could do is probably go up to him and, and just introduce ourselves and um, start talking to him a little bit, uh, find out what he actually needs, and then, you know, get that for him, whether it's a meatball hoagie or, or a Coke or, or maybe, like I said, maybe the guy just wants to talk a little bit, you know? Hey, you might say, and who are we to... You know that that's gonna that are gonna bring that out of them, and you know I don't think that we'll be able 
that we're going to change the guy's life in, in a five-minute conversation. But maybe during that conversation, it could help solidify in his mind that there's still good in this world, you know? Yeah. And it makes you, it makes you wonder, like, when you do talk to somebody, and you brought up the point earlier, how lost are they? And when I say lost, I mean how much has their thoughts depleted on having faith in things, having hope in things? You know, people will question, can even talking to somebody help somebody? Or does it just fall on deaf ears? Which way does it go? I don't know. But I don't, I don't think that anybody should probably want somebody to go not talk to, to um, and actually have communication with them. And what makes people want to actually... Think about how many people pass people that they see that are homeless or down and out, and they don't stop and they keep going. Do they question it? Do they wonder, should they? Because it's got to be something in people that definitely question whether they should stop and talk to people or not. A sense of empathy. Empathy is very, very strong, you know? And, and it's ironic because it's one person. Well, you know the old saying, you know, you can leave the 99 cheap to go get the one. You know, that's what... That's what the shepherd did, you know, the, the story that we know, you know, with Jesus. He left 99 to go get one. Why the one? Because every single one counts, no matter who it is. The person counts. To, yeah. me, to me, it's hard to see anything like that because it's another human being. Whether you know the person or not, whether it's your brother, your sister, your family member, your neighbor, co-worker, or, or just a random person. It's just, it's hard to see because it's a, that's a living being. That's a person. That's God's creation. Yep, yeah, and you know what? <clears throat> I didn't always think that way. <clears throat> I used to, oh, I think that way now, right? But I didn't always think that way. I would see a lot of these, a lot of these, um, these uh, guys that, uh, and girls, but mostly guys, um, begging, you know, on the side of the road, right? These major, uh, major roads uh, around here. And you see, you always see, tend to see the same people, as they say, working the same corners, Right, mm -hmm. and these are these are young guys, man. That I that I've seen, right? Young right. guys, great shape, you know, shit, better shape than I'm in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the first and immediate thought that I would have is, go, go get a fucking job, bro. You know what I mean? Go go get a job. Stop begging. Go get a job, right? And. I think a lot of people... Because well, you don't know if they're legit or not either. Well, you That's don't enough. know if they're legit. And, and you know, I remember when we were younger, we used to go into, uh, into New York every night, right, during the summer, right, when we, were, when we got old enough to, to go in. And we would go hang out down in the village and all this stuff. And I remember this one particular weekend we went in, and there was, uh, we were sitting at a light, and this guy approached us. And uh, he said, oh, you guys are from Jersey. Um, listen, uh, so am I. Uh, do you have a couple bucks you can spare? Uh, I ran out of gas. And we gave him a couple bucks, right? And um, so... Was it cause, wait, wait. Was it because he was from Jersey or that you were actually had some sympathy for him? Oh, we had a little bit of sympathy <laughs> for him. And we knew that we ourselves wouldn't want to get stuck, sure. you know, on the other side of the, of the, the river. So, you know, we wanted to get back, right? right? So we understood what that was like. So we gave him, gave him a couple bucks, right? Not much, two, three bucks, whatever it was. The following week, you know, the, the rest of the week, you know, we go to school or we go to work or whatever. The following Friday or Saturday night, whenever it was, we go again into the city like we would every night. I mean, uh, like, uh, like we were used to doing. Your routine. And 
Here he comes again. Same exact guy. Hey, fellas. And it was a scam. And he was out of gas. And he, and he was out of gas again. It was a scam. And we told him, yo, dude, you hit us up last week. What are you kidding? Oh, right. And you know what he says? All right, fellas, have a good night. Thanks a lot. I was like, oh, my God. Right? But so you can't help but think uh, that a lot of these guys, it is just a scam for some of them. Um, it is their way of getting their, their, their hit, their fix, uh, whether it be alcohol or otherwise. Um, you can't help but think that because that is a fact, you know, that that does happen. But, but as much as that's a real thing, it's also a real thing that a lot of these people do need help, right? And they legitimately are homeless and they're legitimately looking for their next meal from the, the 50 cents or, the, or the, the, the buck that you can give them. They pull it together and they go get something to eat. Maybe they go to the shelter, whatever it is, right? But you see a, a case like this particular gentleman you know that, that every, every bit of what you see is real. That's real. That's reality, right? And I, first of all, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that there are, there are other people out there that have been uh, trying to take care of the guy. Um, but, you know, in thinking about it, I just, when you hear something like, apparently that he was quoted saying, I just want to die. Man, think about that for a second, right? You want to die. You want to just, you've, you, that's it. You've given up hope on everything. How, where, what, where do you have to be in your mind that that's the best thing? It's got to be the lowest of the low. It's got to be the lowest thought. It's got to be the lowest feeling. And it's not any evil thought. It's, it's just what you said. You're so lonely that that is the best thing. Because the man has no family, right? Apparently no friends to speak of, right? And, and this, is, this is how he's living his life. And yet there's, you know, evil people out there that would, you know, take advantage of him and, and just hurt him for the sake of, you know, it's funny to kick the homeless guy in the face. You know, that I don't know about you, but that infuriates me where I would like to, to do the same for the person that did it to him, you know? Um, it's just... Man, it just makes you think, and it makes you, <clears throat> it makes me grateful for everything that I have. Um, I don't have to, you know, live like that. Right. Right. I'll be forced to, to, to live like that. Although the encouraging part is that apparently he's also been quoted as saying that he's, he's ready to accept uh, formal professional help uh, and, and, and try to straighten his life out again, right? That's good. And isn't that what was said? Uh, you know, I don't know exactly. I didn't read all the, uh, the, the comments on the thread on the story. Yeah, well, apparently he's been quoted as saying that um, he's ready to, uh, to take the, put his best foot forward and try to get the help that he needs. I think, um, I think the, the, the best thing that we could do for him is, is go up and have that conversation with him and, um, and see what we could do to, to try and help him out a little bit. You know, don't you think, or no? Yeah, I think I think everybody in this world. There's there's probably lots and lots of people that need uh, talking to, or you know, like you said earlier, they feel lonely. I uh, I think it's a good topic that we brought up because there's a lot of people that are out there, and they don't even have to be homeless. You know, they could just feel real down and out, and they need other people. And I again, you wonder how much it makes a difference when you actually talk to somebody. But at least if somebody has one other person to talk to. Because in, 
quite frankly, we're all connected. You know, I always right. say that all the time. I don't know how loud this noise is going to be right now, but uh, yeah, I always say how everyone's all connected. You know, and I just think that's why it's, it's so hard to see. Like if someone is by themselves, if somebody is lonely, if someone is down and out, or they lost hope, or they lost faith, you know, how do you raise, you know, one up, you know, or, or hope that they do, you know? Is it as simple as saying to them, um, you're not alone, don't forget you're not alone, God is always with you, you're, you're, you're never going to be given more than what you can handle? Because at that point, if I'm on the receiving end of a comment like that, right, I would be like, well, how much more can I handle? I mean, what, what more do I have to live through um, to show my faith, right? I've given everything. Mm-hmm. Look at me, right? When is it my turn to, to, to you know, to be helped? Right. And then it makes one wonder, you know, with human connection, with other people talking to them, does it happen with that? You know, because they say sometimes it doesn't, you know, change can't come from other people. You know, does it have to be more divine? You know, does it actually have to come from God from a spiritual sense? You know, does talking to somebody, does it help them change their ways? It's something in each person, you know, I mean. I wonder when, um, I wonder... If, if approaching someone like that in that predicament and offering an encouraging word and offering just something as simple as as a, as a prayer. As a prayer, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, what would that do for someone, right? To know that he or she has perfectly good strangers thinking about him, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, praying for him. Right? Would would that would that make a difference to you if you were in that position? Oh yeah, that's and that's what I thought about. Actually, with if I was to encounter somebody like that, actually uh, seeing that individual sitting like that, you know, a couple of days in a row. I told you where I go exercise uh, on my path. I actually pass that that area, and I thought about that, you know, the last couple of times passing by, and when you and I were going by. And we thought about maybe getting something to drink, you know, like a bottle of water. I actually thought about what would I say in something like that to talk to somebody who just seems so down and out. And the first thing I thought of was I would, I would pray. I would want to pray. If the person wanted to hear it was accepting of it, I would do it out loud. If they didn't, I would do it quietly to myself. But I definitely would because even though they say that you may not change somebody by talking to them. Listen, I heard this saying years ago that they say... You can uh, influence, you can, you can um, advise, you can do all these different things to, to people. There's one thing you can't do. You cannot change. One individual cannot change another individual completely. You can't. It doesn't matter if you're in relationships with people. It doesn't matter if you're friends with people. It doesn't matter if someone's down and out. It doesn't matter what it is. But, you know, you can't. You can try and persuade, you can try and influence, and like I said, you can advise. But one thing they say you cannot do is one human individual cannot change another one. You know, that's where they get the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. But one thing you can do, and I'm a firm believer, and this is, I had already given it a lot of thought, is what I would do if I came 
cross paths with somebody like that is I definitely would pray because I tell you all the time, I, I tell a lot of other people, uh, I so believe in prayer. I so believe in the power of prayer. The power of prayer is, uh, is to me, my, my personal opinion, very, very, very powerful. A lot of other people might not believe it, but you know, the, I believe that prayer is in thought, and I believe there's an interconnection between everybody, and that if you pray for other individuals, there, there'll, be, um, there'll be some kind of effect in a positive way. Oh, I, I, uh, I agree with that. I think there's something to, um, you know, prayer chains and, and when, um, when someone is, um, is, uh, in a medical facility and they're, you know, the, the end is near and it's, it's inevitable and it's going to happen and you have a, a group of family and friends, uh, there or, or not, but praying for that person and praying for their soul, I, I have to believe, I truly believe that it makes their passing a lot easier, you know, um, <clears throat> but when they're not necessarily at that point, and it's just a matter of, um, of, uh, of letting them know that they, they truly aren't alone from a, from a, from a, a divine sense, but also, um, um, from a, um, a human sense, if you will, you know, from, uh, given the perfect strangers uh, are, are thinking about them and, 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 and praying for them, um, I think those prayers have to be heard and um, their life will become better, right. you know, because of that. <clears throat> Certainly has something to do with it anyway. Yeah. You know, you just said, when you just said thinking of, and I, we were talking about prayer, I'm going to add something in here too. Uh, and it's something that I discovered a few years ago, and either something I had watched or I had read. And this is this is one of the cool things that I found out with prayer, thoughts, and we can even talk about this consciousness that we always talk about. Uh, I had seen a study that was done. It may have been, I believe, in the 1990s, but it may have been even in the 2000s. And it was done by a bunch of scientists in a lab. And uh, it's called, did you ever hear of this? It's called the double split experiment. Mm -hmm. And it was very, very neat and very intriguing. And again, I'm not a smart guy. I just absorb a lot of information, a lot of information, excuse me. And when I, uh, when I see things, I like to absorb it, especially if it pertains to things I believe in and or I talk about. Anyhow, in this double split experiment, these uh, scientists, and I don't know where it was done, it was, I believe, done at a college or at a lab or maybe MIT or one of these very well-known colleges, and in the laboratory, they had um, uh, a, a machine that was, I think, firing off um, photons, right? It was just firing off photons, and it had a, a, a wall on the other side of it, and they're so small. Rem remind you, they are so small. They're microscopic. You know, when you start talking about electrons, protons, all that stuff, it's so small, you know, the naked eye can't see, but they have it under such a uh, microscope, very, yeah, so very, very, yeah, tight uh, microscope saying it. And they were noticing that on the two slits, they put a, like a breaker between the wall that the photons, photons were hitting and the, uh, and where the machine that was actually sending them out. And they had two slits in it. And they were trying to look at the, uh, statistically, what, what, what side they would go through more, like the left side or right side or whatever, and it was just firing them off and firing them off and firing them off through both sides. And it was at like an equal rate or whatever it was. However, however, 
they noticed, and they left to go. They left to go in a room for the longest time. And they were just looking later on at the data and they could see that it was equivalent on each side of us. But they said as soon as the human existence started, they did um, a variable like in the, in the, in the um, experiment. They started to watch it. And they noticed as soon as the human eyes or a human being started to watch it and would focus, it was the first time that these little photons would actually start to change. They would change past, they would go from one to the other. And the scientists came out of it and their theory was at that point, their hypothesis was, can't fully prove it, but they said, just human thought, just human witnessing or seeing or focusing or an awareness on something can change the smallest things in our universe. Wow, isn't that powerful? So that led me to think, wow, that's science, you know, and we always are talking about faith-based things, but if you can tie in something science, so let's say that something was wrong with Lou, for example, I'll use you, for example, Lou, and, you know, your friends find out about it, you know, of course your wife knows about it, your family knows about it, then your inner circle starts to know, more and more people start to know, and then one of your buddies comes along, let's say Mark, and goes, hey, man, can we get a prayer chain going? You know, because not only do a few people know that what's going on with you, but maybe a few other people want to pray for you. That's why I always think they're so powerful because now you put that out there. Let's say we did it on social media and it goes from a few dozen people or a few more dozen, maybe a couple hundred people. That's a lot of consciousness. You know, we talk about the thought, just the thought of it, you know, and which is in prayer, you know, which is a part of prayer. Uh, I'd like to believe that all of that concentration coming from so many different people on one individual, that's a lot of energy, man. That's a lot of energy, you know. And there's been all different other kinds of studies that they've done, you know, over time. Too many to name, but, you know, where they try to have someone think of something in this part of the world and then over in another country. They say this effect happens over here, so space is relevant in between it. So it doesn't matter if lose five feet in front of you in a hospital bed and you got 20 of your closest people around you thinking, or you were in Cuba, you know, uh, a half a country away, a uh, world away, I should say, and you know what, you had droves of people thinking of you and stuff like that. There's something there, man. There's something with an interconnection between human beings. So that's why I always say that prayer is always your go-to. You know, if you see the person that's homeless and doesn't have anything, you know somebody that has an ailment, that they don't know any other reason that they, that they can turn to, you know, for, for, for help, uh, somebody that's down and out, people that had hardships. Uh, prayer, I always will say, is a powerful thing. Well, having said that, then maybe the best thing that we can do at least for this particular gentleman, is not only uh, see what he actually needs physically, you know, yeah. uh, clothes and or otherwise, you know, food specifically, but also, you know, pray for him. Um, and, uh, and maybe if he'll, if he'll allow us to maybe pray with him. Yeah, and, and let me add on to that too. That's why I was happy when uh, we just witnessed that and we saw it not too long ago, about an hour ago. And then we, we came back to the house. We were going to start a fire. And you said, uh, hey, let's record, you know, a podcast. And I said, yeah. And you said you wanted to touch on what we just saw or whatever. I thought that was a great idea because even though <laughs> before we came out to have the fire, we didn't think that was going to be it. But what we just did uh, in the last half hour or so was you shared a story. 
and you brought that awareness to not just you or I who saw it or the, the other universe. people in town and yeah. social media that saw it, but now it goes out there for anybody that could possibly listen and just you raise that awareness, you know, and if anybody else wants to pray for that individual, you know, if they feel like it and if they want to, they can do it, you know, or well, for anybody for that matter. Well, you know what, that's a great point, and I'll take this opportunity to, to ask anyone who's listening to when, 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 you're, when, you're, when you have that, that point, when you're at that point in your day where um, uh, you, you, you may take uh, that, that opportunity to speak to God, uh, pray, or, or whatever it is that you, that you believe in, but uh, also keep this gentleman in your, in your thoughts and, and prayers, so to speak. Um, and, and to Mark's point, anybody else that you, that you run into or see on a daily basis that you might, you know, be used to seeing, you know, there's the guy on the corner or there's that, the gal that, you know, lives in the park or, you know, whatever the case might be. It might be something as simple as just, just thinking about them and praying for them that, that will ultimately, um, uh, be the best thing that you could do for them. So it, when, when, when you have a moment, uh, keep these people in your thoughts and prayers because of, of, any, of anyone, they, um, they certainly need it. Right, because as, as you said, if you're walking or you're driving or anything that you ever witnessed, you might not be able to go get a sandwich for that person at a time. You might be on your way to a work or on your way to work or on your way to uh, an event or a function with your family. So you might not be able to stop and get a sandwich or stop and get them a drink or maybe stop and have a conversation with somebody or even if it's someone you know or don't know. Maybe you can't shake them off of, uh, of uh, a, a bad habit that they may have. Maybe if it deals with alcoholism or, or drugs or whatever. But one thing you can do if you're comfortable is you can always take time. If you are a person that prays, is just include them in that if you want to. And... Um, it's just as good, and it doesn't cost. That's the best thing about it. It doesn't cost you a dime. It doesn't cost you anything. Nothing to go out of your way. It's something that you do within yourself. Right, and yet it might be the, the most valuable thing that uh, that person receives that day um, or in their lifetime if they've never, you know, grown up with any kind of faith or understood what it's really about and... Maybe that just might be the most powerful thing that you could do for them. Um, I think on that note, um, we'll end this particular uh, episode. Uh, Mark, unless you had something else that you'd like to add, buddy. No, I think, I think that's it. Okay, so thanks again for uh, taking a little bit of time out of your schedule to join us. Uh, remember, for all those people that you run into or see on a daily basis that are definitely down and out and, and aren't as fortunate as, uh, as we might be, Take a moment to uh, keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. They certainly need it. With that, have a good night. Peace. Hey, guys, don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. But wait, before you go, go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks a lot.